podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Actually, know any of the words to "Old Lang Syne"? Everyone just seems to sing it by going "May your mind be forgot." May all be for the sake of old lang syne. That's it. That's, I mean, does anyone actually know the words? No, I don't. No. And why do that shitty crossy arm over thing? What's that all about? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. This is slugging it. We are now in 2023, and what a year it promises to be. Electricity bills are going up, gas bills are going up, your council tax is probably going to double, but throughout all that shit, the three of us, the three stooges, the three morons are going to be here to keep your company and talk a load of bollocks about it. Lovely to be back. Lovely to be back with you too. We can't start without discussing Christmas and New Year, can we? So what did you get up to, gents? You'd start first. I had a nice, quiet Christmas. Thank you, Jono. Great to see both you, Simon, and and you, Jono. It's been a very relaxing Christmas for a change. Normally, I'm full on out every night. I have done absolutely nothing. Since I last spoke to you, I have been out the whole amount of two times. One was Christmas, and the second was to watch a football game, which England did not do particularly well in. But yeah, I was home for New Year's, so I was out, crawled up in a couch, had a bit of a stomach bug, so yeah. Nice, quiet December. I think most people would call it rejuvenated and ready to destroy 2023. Good lad. Good lad. Bravo. I, um, it was nice. Yeah. It was our first Christmas in our new house. We had the in-laws up, which was nice. They sport my little boy rotten. I did. I, I managed to make it to eight weeks without a drink. And then we had the whole family around on Boxing Day. There about 20 of them. And uh, one particular, I'm not going to mention who it was with, I had one particular 45-minute conversation, and upon getting approximately 35 minutes into this conversation, I decided at that point I wasn't going to be able to speak. <laughs> and promptly made my way through approximately 10 cans, three bottles of wine, and half a bottle of whiskey. Jeez. Needless to say, the day after Boxing Day, not great. No. Not I'm great. Saying- not great when going out for a nice, lovely brunch with the in-laws and my parents. Crikey. That was a heavy conversation. I don't want to know what it was about. Please don't you, tell us. You don't want to know what it was about. Because <laughs> I generally want to... If I had weaponry, I'd have probably shot the person in the face. I'm trying um, to think about who it might be because I know most of you. <laughs> 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 mm. It was someone that was being very negative about everything. So we've obviously all had some very exciting news. Like, it, it, like what we've got planned, planned coming up this year is very exciting. Every little aspect of it, very exciting. And this particular person who shall remain nameless was just massively negative about everything, about not just what we were doing, but about all the other stuff in their own life. And I was just like, I don't want to be around people like this anymore. And I think that's one thing. Like we, we talk about mental health, but it's for fuck's sake, be positive. If you've not got this positive thing to say, spin it. If you're going back to someone and the only thing you can think of is something negative, just spin it so it comes across like, say that will be a challenge. Don't say, well, you're never going to can do that. Like, because it doesn't help anyone. And it leads them to drink approximately 10 pints of... <laughs> 
stronger than average real ale, three bottles then three bottles of red wine, and then whiskey. Yeah. I've probably had an embarrassing conversation with my father-in-law at the end of the night as well, but the advantage is none of us can remember it because he was equally as pissed. So just be positive around people, be yep. nice, and go from there. It's nice to be nice. I travelled Christmas Eve to Manchester with Rafferty and Lisa and, and Finbar to my parents and then on Boxing Day we flew to Ireland for a few days to see Lisa's family, which was nice. Caught with a few friends in Ireland and then got back on the 29th, I believe. And then New Year's Eve, Lisa wasn't feeling very well. We planned to have a couple of friends come over, but that obviously unfortunately got shelved. And I sat on my own on the sofa Went and woke Lisa up. We watched the fireworks together on the telly whilst she was in bed and I was sat on the bed next to her. And then I went back downstairs. Didn't have a drink. All New Year's Eve. Obviously, with everything we've got coming up, my New Year's resolutions are to exercise more, drink less, and eat a lot less ice cream. So one of, one of my many vices is a box of Mars ice creams at a time. So I'm trying to knock that filthy habit on the head. I've managed to stop smoking, but the ice cream is the one that still keeps getting me. So, yeah. That's where, well, I can tell you now that those boxes of ice creams that you've shelled will definitely help your walk. So looking forward to seeing you putting the miles on. I did ask you, I did ask all of us actually, how's the walking training going? And Jono, what was your response? I said, I've just stopped eating ice cream. I haven't really done much walking. But ironically, it's probably decreased the amount of walking you're doing because at least you had to get up to get to the freezer. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you think that's 60 meters. If there's six ice creams, it's five meters to the freezer, five meters back, times six. Fucking big is his house? Back. 60 meters? Yeah, How big's your walk. house? Five meters there, five meters back. Oh, I see. I thought you meant 60 the, meters the, from the one end of the house Simon, to the kitchen. The problem is, Simon, being as lazy I, as I am and knowing how quickly I can consume a box of Mars ice creams, I only went once. <laughs> <laughs> so, so by the last one, it was more of a Mars milkshake. No, I, genuinely. It's all frozen time. solid. Yeah. <laughs> it's not even, there's no, t- the, the, the ice hasn't turned into condensation by that point, mate. I, I can eat them at a rate of knots. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> like that bloke in whatever yeah. film it was where he's got like six cigarettes. And he's trying to give up smoking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've just got six miles of ice cream smoking out of every like trapped in the fingers. Please, There's three I need. Please tell, <laughs> yes. Please tell me you're one of those guys that for their New Year's resolution stops doing something, so therefore they consume all of it on day one. It's like I've got six boxes of Mars. I'm going to my New Year's resolution to stop eating them, so I have to eat all of them today. The first of January, <laughs> I've eaten 24 ice creams. Basically, before, before the clock struck 12 on New Year's Eve, I cleared every bit of junk food out of the house. Everything went. Everything. So you still... So you're going to be, your calories are still going to be over, over the, what they should be until about a week on Thursday. Absolutely. 100%. 100%. But I also had a sneaky suspicion that what we're going to talk about now might have come up. So what I wanted to do was gain as much weight as I could, because then it'll give me a bit more of an advantage in the next two years. Put shit through the eye of a needle for the entirety of New Year's Day. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, Talking of which, Simon, now as if, as if this year hasn't, as if we've not put ourselves up for enough this year, you've now come up with a, another challenge for us, which forms part of the bigger challenge. Well, there's, a, there's also a caveat and there's a prize at the end of it. If you want to just explain a little bit about that, please. Yeah, basically, obviously, as we announced on the last episode, we're doing the charity walk, which we're progressing with, not well, I say we're progressing with, obviously, everyone's aware over New Year and Christmas, things chill out a little bit, but we're 
small inroads have been made into a variety of things, one of which being we're hoping to line up a meeting with a dietitian and various other people to head it, take a, make us take the first step in the right direction to completing this challenge. We're going to be taking a lot more steps, I feel. But yeah, I thought, why not? Why not have a little bit of a thing where we have a weight loss challenge throughout the year until the first day of the walk? Because I think when that walk starts, we're all going to lose weight at an absolute rate. So we'll do it pre then. First day of the walk, we'll have a weigh in. And whoever has lost the highest percentage will have a weigh in. We'll announce our weights next week. I mean, I can tell you mine now. In fact, I'd probably best add, add a bit on, <laughs> given the Christmas <laughs> I've had, because I got weighed the day before Christmas Day. Poor planning Poor for me, that. So I'm going to, I want to weigh myself again now. But that's whoever loses the biggest percentage of body weight. The other pair have to, what shall we say? What shall we say? It's probably something to do with the Lord's Taverners. So obviously we'll be going to the balloon debate in December, which is a black tie event. Yeah. I think the losing pair should buy the winner a brand new tux. That fitted. they would stride out in a long room at Lord's for the balloon debate. Are we going fitted or a full, just a one off the shelves from next? Uh, well, the no. suit retails. I think fitted. I think if we've yeah. lost the weight, we're looking to shift. Yeah. I think a nice, well put together tux is a good shout. <laughs> we can only wear to that one if, because we're all on the path of weight back on. For goodness sake, uh, I... get it fitted at the start of December. <laughs> Don't get that fitted just after the war. <laughs> With 400, a 400 pound suit, poorly, poorly work. Yeah. We'll then have to sell it to some 18 year old rugby player on the street or something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not if the three of us are even similar dimensions. So the other, another person could have it. Let's face it. It's never fitting anyone else in this group. No. No, I didn't Yeah. Great idea. Great idea. Yeah. I think so. Uh, we'll announce the starting weight next week, mm. and then yeah. we can have a. Shall we have a monthly weigh-in to start off with? I think that's not a bad shout. Yeah, it sounds yeah. good. Yeah, look, I suppose the other thing that we've done is we've created a bit of a Strava group, right, to track mm. how much we're actually walking daily, monthly. <laughs> not much. No, well, we, I said we created it, right? That's it. So, <laughs> and it's public. So again, we'll probably share that so that people can go and have a look at the the miles or lack of that we're putting in. And actual fact, if people want to, I mean, because it's a public group, if people want to get involved, they can join it. So we can have a look maybe, and get a bit of motivation. Maybe, maybe do get involved. The person that walks the most between now and the time of the cut so our weight challenge or whatever, maybe they come to the balloon debate with us. We could, we, yeah, could think we could think of things. That's we could think of things. Just say it's walking because a lot of people run, right? Yeah, it's only it's walk only. Oh yeah, walk only. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. So right, let's get into the show, shall we? We're here to talk about cricket. We've got quite a lot of cricket to talk through. We'll start with Red Bull, shall we? You need now, to get that check, Johnny. What? You need to get that check. I tell you what, of the three of us, there's only one who's had problems with the balls in the last eighteen months, and it isn't me or Eugene. New, so yeah, but you'll all be very pleased to know that a couple of operations, it's also yeah. Elephants have long memories, Simon. Remember that. <laughs> Elephants have long memories. <laughs> oh, by the way, it would have like, nicely matched my testicle. You just reminded me of something. Um, I saw a tweet from Toby Tarrant 
uh, for the pod. The walrus. Um, the walrus. So this walrus that was in Scunthorpe or whatever, right? There was a video. Someone had taken a video and posted it on the internet of this walrus basically wanking itself up facing the public in Scunthorpe. Yeah. I mean, we all know they don't wear a lot in Scunthorpe. Maybe it got excited. <laughs> Do you know what? I did a bit of research into this, not into the walrus, but I happened to pop it. Yeah, I saw the same thing. I wanted to see what the mating habits of a walrus was because I look similar to it. So I was trying to see when the next... I was, I'm glad you said that, Huge. I, ne- I nearly just said, so Huge, how was getting arrested in Scunthorpe? But um, I decided against it. The important thing is that, unfortunately, the walrus also... May, meant that the fireworks couldn't go off in Scunthorpe, so the fireworks were cancelled. So yes. that's where I was going. <laughs> not with not it. for the walrus, funnily enough. <laughs> the walrus was spraying everywhere. <laughs> yeah, uh, the, the walrus. Ooh. Yeah, and also Eugene, we watched the video and shared a, a dressing room with you after games of cricket and golf. You and the walrus are, are not similar. <laughs> anyway, I know he's got more hair. He's got more hair than me. Uh, teeth are bigger. <laughs> anyway, so red ball cricket. In we go. Pakistan and New Zealand. Have you been watching it? Uh, I've, yes, I've seen some scores. Of it. So, yeah. there were, Baba Azam made the most ridiculous declaration on the fifth day in the first test, which ended in a draw only because of the light. I think he, he gave New Zealand something like 18 overs to score 140, and they were absolutely flying. Like, I mean, off some, like 13 overs, they were at 89 or something when the umpires just took the bells off and said it's too dark. But for a minute, I kind of understand. Obviously, Ramiz Raja got fired as chief selector or head of Pakistani cricket after the England 3-0 loss. It struck me just that maybe Babo was so desperate to try and get a win that they've just thought this was just a... I mean, it, it could have been very embarrassing for him. And the light saved them. There's no question, I don't think. Huge? Well, I think that England cricket is defining world cricket. I mean... I think that was quite a clever declaration given that, you know what, New Zealand co- could have gone out there and lost seven or eight wickets and then Pakistan are chasing the win instead of New Zealand chasing the win. So from my perspective, it was great to watch. I mean, they had 15 overs to score the 140 and I think they got through seven of them at 60. So they were going at 10s. They did lose a wicket. But, I mean, great spectacle for Test Cricket and well done to Baba for doing that and well done to New Zealand for giving it a go. As you say, the light, unfortunately, was the winner in the end. I think he probably, he had the light on his didn't he? There was, if he ran a bowling 15 over, you're not bowling for an hour. If he wants, he's not going to get penalised for a slow over rate if he only bowls eight overs in that last hour. So, I don't know. I mean, we've just, we have recently witnessed the side get bowled out for 15 in five and a half over. So he's probably sat there thinking, you know what, if they get to 80, 90, then I can just stop the game, basically. Don't have to bowl. Pull the pin. Everyone goes out on the road. Off they go. But I I, I do think you're right, though. I think the way England are playing cricket is directly affecting what other captains are doing, how other people are thinking. They've seen how popular it's becoming. And plus, if you think of like, all of a sudden, the latest IPL draft, all of a sudden, a load of England test cricketers are getting picked on IPL contracts. Yeah. Harry Brooks got 
1.3 million. 3 million. Sam Curran's got 2.1 million. Most expensive. Yeah. I know he's obviously not a test player at the minute. Just one player with the T20 World Cup. But you look at some of the other lads that have got selected on big contracts. And, yeah. Um, yeah. They're not what you call, the, well, some aren't even in the one-day side or the T20 side and they're getting drafted. So, I don't know if either of you saw, there was a quote from Vabba after the test series where he said, that was, he was asked a question about England changing the way the test cricket's being played or something. He said, there was only, in that series, there was only one side playing test cricket. England happens to be playing five T20 games over five days. <laughs> Which I, just, I thought it was quite funny and I thought yeah, it did well to make light of it. Today, second test, day one, New Zealand were 234 for one, Latham 71 Conway, 122, I think he got when he was out. They then fell. They then lost four five for 45 runs. Uh, ended up 309 for six. So what actually they were looking at, New Zealand maybe batting two sessions tomorrow. Uh, Pakistan in the final session took five wickets for not very many and have really pulled themselves back into the game. So it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. Eugene, we now have to come to what what's going on in Australia at the moment. Tell you yeah. what, Big Bash is unreal. There's been such good games. I've mm. pretty much well, woken up every morning to... Uh, oh, you mean the South Africa? You can get bowled out for 15 and be second in the league. Yeah. We're still, we're, we'll come on to white ball later, Eugene. We're still on the red ball. Oh, look, man. I mean, my most what hated... Shower, more, my most hated man, more so than the ex-chief of the ECB whose name shall not be mentioned because he's a tavern. He uh, got 200 and retired Hurt. Yeah. yeah. Which I was devastated about. Not the fact that he retired Hurt, but the fact that he got 200. But the funniest thing, I was really cheered up the following day when he, he then went out to bat and there uh, was cleaned up first rock. Yeah. <laughs> the most still, aver- still averaging 200 for the test. Still. He didn't get the opportunity to bat in the second innings for some reason. No idea why. But I mean, he scored 200 on his own. South Africa have struggled to score 200 in their last seven games. It is so, very much like watching think... England circa late 2021, early 2022. If Dean I... Elgar doesn't get a shitload, the rest of them aren't getting any. I have a different, I have a slightly different approach on this. Now, obviously, Australia had the difficult time, and now they're a side that are absolutely 100% back and back at it. I would like to suggest that as teams generally struggle going to play India and India, like when Cook went over, I think it was 2012, and we beat them 2-1 or whatever it was, which was massive. I think Australia, in Australia now, is almost as petrifying as going to play a test series against India. I just think Australia was so good in their own condition. They know them so well. Like, the, picking Scott Boland's been an absolute masterstroke. They tend to play him where they know he's going to bowl well. I think that we probably need to give the Aussies a bit more credit. I mean, they, they blew the West Indies away. They've blown South Africa away. South Africa are no mugs. They were recently, until they came to England, number one test side in the world. And no, that's not an easy thing to achieve. I just think that the Aussies are just so good in their own backyard that to go there... I know we, whenever there's an Ashes series out down under and stuff, we always go there with a bit of hope, but... I just think the Aussies are phenomenal. They're playing some fantastic cricket. The one thing that I've really enjoyed about their cricket is they're playing a similar brand to England. That You rightfully say they've blown the West Indies away. They've blown South Africa away. One little sort of anecdote of information there is when the West Indies played against Australia, I think they averaged something like 21 per batsman. South Africa are averaging 16 per batsman. So South Africa are worse than the West Indies in, in this. So it's interesting to see how bad they are at the moment. And just to sort of 
you know, pass on, a, I suppose, a little ray of light for the South African team is they've got a lot of really good youngsters that are up and coming in. People like Devald Brevis, they've got Ryan Rickleton, who's just scored 100 after 100 in the South African Domestic League. These guys are in cricket, as you're saying, there's ebbs and flows. South Africa, unfortunately, at the moment, just happened to be at the bottom of the pit in that in the highs and the lows sort of wave that they that people talk about. And back to Australia, I can't wait for the Ashes now, I must say. I remember last year we were talking about the prices of tickets. I'm sure there's not uh, going to be a single ticket not sold at any of 50, those grounds. They could play each other every week from now until the, at this time next year, and each game will be sold out. The first yeah, three days of every single game will be sold yeah. out. Yeah, I think when you talk about South Africa, it's interesting, isn't it? Like you talk about these cycles that people burn, and you've got to bear in mind who South Africa over the last sort of seven or eight years have lost player wise. Mm. Certainly, batting. You know, Amla's gone, De Villiers gone, Callis a few years before yeah. gone. Like these are great greats of the game. Never mind greats of South African cricket; they are greats of the game. And at the minute, they're just in that. Like we talked about how England have been. You look at Australia in that sort of pre-early 10 stage when they didn't have as much batting. Michael Clark seemed to be the only hope they'd got and there was guys coming in and whatever like that and now, yeah, Steve Smith's come in and Marnus is, is, is scoring none. Steve, sorry, everyone, Jono's favourite cricketer, David Warner's. I mean, he's eighth or something on the all-time list of Australian rule games. Mm. So, and he's fourth or something in terms of opening batters and they have had a few decent ones. So no. they've got, got some very good young cricketers, very talented young cricketers. Dean Elgar's come out this week and said, we need to play more test matches. We need to play more high-quality test cricket. Which, to maybe me, insinuates the fact that the domestic stuff in South Africa maybe isn't the best. If that was England and the captain had said that, then that would certainly be getting, as it happened at this time last year for England, everyone was belittling county cricket. All of a sudden now, I don't think anyone mentioned county cricket in the last seven months, have they? No, probably not. So, so it's. It, I think their next choice, because... People like Janssen, like these guys, some of you just mentioned there, yeah, the keeper, I think he looks a really good player. Verena, yeah. Verena, is it? yeah, he looks a, a steady cricketer. Yeah, but they're just at an important stage where it's like, right, how can we get the best out of these guys? Is Dean Elgar's way, Dean, we all know he's very regimented, very like, come on, we're getting stuck in because that's him as a cricketer. I'm not saying it's the right way or the wrong way, but is that the right way for these guys moving forward? And yeah, back to the Australia thing, really, yeah, that I'll go. In Australia, there's... They're ridiculous. They're absolutely mm. ridiculous. Start all of a sudden in Red Bull cricket <laughs> looks absolutely electric. Um, with a broken finger. With a broken finger. Cameron Green has gone from... They seem to do this. Whether they're talent scouts or just miles better than every other country. Because they did it with Steve Smith. They did it with Steve Smith 15 years ago. And they dragged him in as a guy who bowled leg spin that passed at nine. Because they went, this guy's got something. The first time Cameron Green played what this time last year against England, was stood there going, what is this bloke? This bloke's a guy that bowls at 145Ks and bats at six and smacks it. He is... He, he is the, With a snapped finger as well, he batted. Yeah, yeah that's, 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 that's so, Wow. And it could cost him a few quid if that's not yet repaired. <laughs> yeah. In, yeah. In IPL money, yeah. It, it's to be hoped that in the insurance had gone through fairly swiftly mm. after that IPL draft yeah because yeah but they all of a sudden look and nathan lyon we can hate him as much as we like he him for me is the best spinner in the world at the minute when you look at it's nine times out of ten you go to the asian nation normally and say that but he for me 
miles better than it. Well, Maybe you can go Ashwin and yeah. whatever. But yeah, Huge. They... I just want to ask you about Dean Elgar. And then I've got one negative about one South African player and one real positive from what I've seen in the Australia series. When Dean Elgar goes, he is the talisman. He is the real fighter, as we've talked about before. Like, But he, I don't know how old he is, but he's been around for a long time. I mean, he can't be too far away from probably international retirement, which then leaves another massive hole because as much as I'd love SJ to do well because I know him a little bit from when I played against him, he doesn't really look up to it for me. Real positive, I think, is the way that Nokia uh, steamed in in 40-odd degrees. And I think David Warner said he felt like the quickest spell he'd ever placed in his life, but apparently it wasn't. Mark Woods was. Not by much, yes. but he's been fantastic. And the way he bowled, to, to kind of, you know, that when he got Warner out and he got head out in two balls. The real disappointment for me, I think attitude-wise, Rabada. I just think the way he's going about it, the way he's going about his cricket, almost seeming like he's banging it in to bowl wides in the first test when they were going to lose in the second innings, just doesn't seem interested at all. I know he is, he is your, got to be your go-to guy, right? He's supposed to be the guy that leads the attack. Yeah, it's interesting. I too thought that there was a little bit of an, a misaligned attitude. I then found out that he's the top wicket taker in 2022. And we're at the tail end of the season. Has he just had enough? Is he all, has he maxed out the amount of overs that he can bowl? Is he just not disinterested because he needs a rest and he needs a break? There's all sorts of different weird and wonderful things that you could go through, but I'm with you there. It wasn't great to watch. I was really looking forward to the South African attack. Gidi alongside Rabada, alongside Marco Janssen, alongside Nokia. I was, I thought that was going to be what kept South Africa in the test series. I mean, probably our most inexperienced top six. So you're going to heavily rely on your bowlers. Mm. And yeah, the bowlers, unfortunately, were put to the task in, in, in the batting innings. Look, we've got one test left. Hopefully the boys bounce back because, yeah, I think I don't think you want to leave a series le- losing 3-0. 2-1 doesn't sound as bad, but yeah, see what happens in when the test starts tomorrow. Um, He's been accused of this before, though, hasn't he? This isn't the first time that yeah. this has been accused of him. But <laughs> He's taken 47 wickets in 2022, an average of 22 in nine matches. And he's only bowled 267 overs. So that's what a strike rate of 34. The next two are spinners on the list, which is Nathan Lyon in 11 matches, 47 wickets, same amount of wickets. He's done it in 500 overs. Jesus. So wow. 230 overs less. And Jack Leach is 14 test matches, 46 wickets, in 609 overs. So. Rabada's average of 22 and a Conway just shy four. Pretty good. Like, there's got to be a point where you stand there going, and I'm not saying it's right, but like I say, he has been accused of this before. The thing that does me is Yanton, the guy that we're talking about, is fit. 36 wickets at 19. I think he's really in 240 and overs. So I don't think the bowling for him is an issue. I think, you know what, we saw this with England, we've seen it with Brody. If your side's going out and get bowled out for 150 every week, there's only so many, and the empty batter's got a double under it. And it's, yeah. I'm not saying it's batters versus bowlers. I'm not saying it's like, it, it shouldn't be that. But when you're just expected to pull your socks up and the batters can walk around the field, normally dropping catches, because that's what tends to happen when it, 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 
I'm not saying it's, I don't mean that as a negative on people, but that, yeah, you find that's yeah. what happens. And if it's hard getting bowled out cheaply, you have to concentrate in the field, which nine times out of 10, they don't do properly. And all of a sudden, catches get dropped. So if you're Kingis, if you're Robada in this situation where you're bowling on a wicket, you're looking around and they're getting 600 and your batters can't get 170. I'm not saying it's right that you get a bit shirty, but hang on a minute. I'm the best bowler in the world. I'm arguably the best bowler in the world at the minute. And you fighters can't give me more than a session and a half rest. Mm. Yeah, fair. fair. So, yeah. It, it, I'm not saying it's right by any stretch of the imagination. It's not. And he should never, whether he's, if he's got an issue with what's going on, get it done in the changing room. You can't but take all it he'll be seeing, yeah. yeah, all he'll be seeing is the fact that he's bowling. I mean, like you say, with South Africa, they've got more heroic. But they pick money and a bit like England used to do with like Brody and Anderson. It's just keep throwing them the ball, and Rabada runs in a bowl and bowl, and they expect him to bowl it 145 k's an hour all the time. Mm. Well, yeah. Answer. Moving on, Bangladesh are playing India, and in the latest Test match, looked like they were going to get up. They got Kohli out cheaply, and India were in loads of trouble. Like. I think they were only chasing something like 145 for the win. It was something like 70, or the 74 for seven of the eighth wicket. Shreya Sire and uh, Ravi Ashwin got 71 on what looked like a horror of a wicket. So I guess Ravi Ashwin just proving again that he is, a, we all know he's a genius with the ball, but with the bat is, you know, I mean, he's got a test match with him, he's always been able to bat, we know that. I think that would have been a massive coup for Bangladesh, so unfortunate for them that they didn't manage to get up. White ball. Now, we talked about Sydney Thunder getting bowled out for 15 a couple of weeks back. They're now second. Well, that doesn't, they've only won four out of seven games. It, this year, the Big Bash looks like a tournament where everybody can continually beat everybody. Like, obviously, the Scorchers seem to be up there pretty much every year, the Perth Scorchers. They're leading the way. But, um, yeah, I don't know if you've watched most of, much of it. I've seen bits and pieces. It's actually quite a, an enjoyable thing to watch this year. I haven't seen some of them most of it. I've seen bits of it, but they have got the best T20 batter in the world, haven't they? So they should be doing all right. And just for a change in Australia, he's the leading run scorer in the Big Bash again. Halesy. Yeah, but Coggy in the England squad. <laughs> oh, it's bonkers. Yeah, I'm with you there. I've watched a lot of the Big Bash. I, I, I actually have stopped watching it because the more I watch him bat and the more I watch him play cricket, him and there's another one, Joe Clark, again. I know they're both play for Nottinghamshire. They're not Nottingham lads. But I know we've got a very good one-day team as well. But you can't tell me that those guys, they're the two leading run scorers in the big back. Like, just go and play. Go and play. Just do whatever you want. How is the leading T20 run scorer, leading T20 run scorer in 2022? Oh, yeah. So, Ben Stokes, second in the BBC Sports Personality of the Year. This year, losing to, I think it was Beth Mead, who was the player of the tournament for the Lionesses in their win in the Euros. So, I mean, absolutely fully deserved by her to win out. I think unfortunate for Stokesy, considering the turnaround of the England side that obviously he's putting, been largely responsible for, along with Brendan McCullum and, and Rob Key. That happened, but I think he can still be extremely proud of himself and the team's achievements this year. Back to the Big Bash. So, we were talking about this on the WhatsApp group earlier. The Michael Nisa catch controversy. Do you want to just talk, one of you talk about what happened for those who haven't seen it, and then, we'll, then we will discuss. He caught it. 
How many times did he catch it, Robbo? Let's go with that. Uh, technically, he caught it twice, but three times. Well, I know one of them was a parry. Oh, fair. So I, when I first saw this, I put it on the group chat. It was talking about, well, when a fielder's going to be able to start lining up in the crowd, what if a member of the crowd is off the floor when he parries it back? Um, but I've since had a, a small reading of the laws of the game. And it, it's, it's out. <laughs> so the only thing I will say, that I, I'm not saying this should be, I, when someone just steps off the road, like just outside the boundary, normal, Christ. normally when there's, there's normally quite a short distance between boundary cushion as they now like Toblerone, Toblerone. rope. And then the advertising audience is normally a couple of meters, but within the big bash, and I'm not saying this is why some of the scores are quite high. There seems to be three and a half acres of ground between the edge of the playing surface and then the advertising hoardings. Now, I'm not saying this is the reason why more sixes are being hit and what gave Michael Nessa the opportunity to run 350 meters past the pitch, do a full pirouette, do a nice little hop to parry it back in and then run back into the field of play. But the law state, it must start and you must, your first contact must be it started within the field of play, and then if you're off the deck, it's fine. So technically, it's out. Now, I can't think of a circumstance that allows the unbelievable bits of fielding with where he, someone flicks it up in the air, just steps out, just goes back, or parries and stuff like that. But doesn't, that bans the idea of it going, the fact that he's gone the best part of 10 meters off bleeding pitch. So I don't know. The laws do state you have to be on, the act does have start and finish on the field of play. So when he's caught it, when he start, first caught the ball, he's in, in bounds. And when he's last controlled the ball, mm. he's in bounds. What we play? Fucking baseball. You've been round, isn't he? Yep. But Same so size as the rounders field. Yeah. I can't, like I, I had a full rant saying it shouldn't be out and it just showed my ignorance of the laws of cricket. So Simon, that is possibly, I asked, either of you to explain briefly what had happened. I'm more confused now and I know what's happened having listened to you. He caught it in, he ran out, well, before he ran out, he wanged it up in the air, he then was 10 metres off the pitch, jumped up, slapped it back in, ran back on and caught it. Right. Well, the controversy bit is the fact that he's jumped, he's, his feet have been on the he slapped it outside the field of play and then he's jumped to make contact with the ball again to put it back in. And landed outside. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's the fact that his feet had touched the floor. He's then jumped, controlled it outside in the playing area to push it back. And I think that's where the controversy comes from. I thought it was a wonderful piece of fielding. Highly skilled to be able to even do it. But yeah. um, the thing he did really well, yeah, was to throw it in a direction because he knew he obviously wasn't going to get off and back on again if he just threw it to himself. So it's, yeah. So he obviously knows the laws. But Did you hear the interview afterwards? So this is the second time it's happened. It happened with Matt Renshaw a couple of years ago. Yeah. And he actually, post-interview, said that he wasn't sure if the laws, and it's not rules, Simon, I know you mentioned them earlier, the laws have changed mm. to see if that's allowed. And he was very surprised to, to hear that the law hadn't changed, therefore it was out. Because I'm sure now that this has happened for the second time, and this is probably more controversial than the first time when Matt Renshaw did it, I think the laws will be changed because, yeah, I mean, the real estate that Australia have is just phenomenal. And just to quickly pass on a little piece of anecdote there, 
I said to you guys during the South Africa-Australia test series that the grounds at Australia looked really empty. And it's because they house 100,000 people in them. So they've got big grounds. So I do think that the boundaries are the same size, Simon. I just think that there's a lot more real estate that they can fit more people in. So I don't think it's tiny boundaries. I don't know how they can word the law. Stop the one where you just take one step out and jump back in because they were going to have to be so careful about where you then contact the ground because it's this one where you see people. Pretty simple for me. Jump out. You could only make contact with it inside of the field of play. Yeah. You so can't what about when you jump backwards? outside? What about yeah. when you jump backwards? Well, uh, when what you jump backwards, you see like yeah. the. Um... But... No, I think what Eugene's saying is the fact that it's that middle piece of where he can't do. Or you can't. You shouldn't be able to do that. Okay, so how do you word the law? So, so I'm not a because I'm if you think the, word, the way that the You're law has got to be worded. You've got to try not to stop the one where the guy runs around, throws it up, takes a step out, and as he jumps back in, catches it, but lands back in. Are you saying you're going to word it in a way that between catching the ball, you must start and finish? No, you can't. You the, can't. The ball has to remain within the playing area for it. So yeah, okay. So how do you do the one where the guy hits it, and you look at Brendan McCollum's done it, Christine's done it, all these guys where they dive backward out the field of play catch it before touching the ground so is yeah, it that's six, is it but how is it the ball's left the field of play by what you're saying yeah that's true okay so my thoughts are as long as you catch the ball inside of the field of play touching the ground if it's over the boundary so be it as long as you catch it throw it up in the air even if it's outside of the boundary and take it with your feet it's still inside the boundary i.e you get up and move back in so for but me, at what point? That's what I'm saying. At what point have your feet got to be? Is it the la- last contact or the first contact? First oh, contact. You jump from outside. A lot of these catches have been done where you jump as they jump back across the road. They catch it and then the, yeah, no, but they're not. Are they? They've jumped from outside. Well, the ball is still yeah. within the field of play. The how issue, can it be if yeah. it? Sometimes not, John. I get what Simon's saying. Well, it's going to be interesting yeah. to see how they word it. The issue here is the fact that he actively touched the ball outside the field of play, having grounded himself, then jumped to push it. It's that middle bit. Yeah, yeah. You understand that the part of the catch that's the issue, I if think, you say it, mm. but the way you're going to have to either, I'm trying to think of how you're going to word it to make it so that you must start or finish within the field of play. Is that what we're going to say? Or they go the other way around saying, you may not touch the ball once you have, if you are outside of the boundary. Yeah. yeah, but th- th- and then you've got to define outside the boundary, haven't you? Well, yeah, the solar road or the road was that. So how do you again going back to what I'm saying? That one where you dive out, catch you're it, still touching it back inside. in. Yeah, yeah but it's yeah, not just the floor, has it? No, the ball, the ball didn't touch the floor. That's what I'm saying. No, but because he, but right, I know what you're saying. But because he's taken the catch, thrown it up, knowing he's going to leave the field of play. Yeah. I think the only way that you you should then be able to legitimately take a catch is if the ball stays within the field of play. For, but, but most of the time they're throwing it from, like, like Eugene said, if you're in, if your feet are in the boundary, but you're running like that, like your hands out. Yes, but by, the head, time you, say, yeah, but by the time you throw it up, your feet have never been outside the field of play. It depends if you catch it while you're jumping. What? Yeah, you see. Yeah, I've seen people do that. If you jump, catch it, throw it, land... Yeah, I, I understand the image of what you're saying. But I'm asking yeah. how you word a law 
you have to throw it really high to be able to get up and catch that ball because a lot of those, the ones that you're talking about there, Simon, have been when they've saved six. They haven't taken the catch. Yeah, or when they've flown it to someone else. But you True. think of the, the ones where they've been on tightrope on the edge, walking tight on the edge, catch it like that, walk on catch it, yeah. take a step yeah. out, take a step back, or jump normally from out of the field of play into the field of play to catch it. Yeah. I think it's got to be, so I think how, they're going to go, you're only allowed to touch it twice. Maybe that's the way you phrase it. So, mm. but again, you're then getting onto juggle catches, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, true. I mean, I mean, we've got. It's, it's, I'm glad we're not. I'm glad we're not writing those. But laws. that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you ban one? Fact, we're assuming that they're going to be rewritten. Maybe they just carry yeah. on. Yeah, yeah, maybe they do. I maybe think the do. laws are actually spot on. It's just the fact that ban. It's an anom- anomaly that happens in Australia. Australia. Sorry. Try explaining that to somebody that doesn't watch cricket. It's stupid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, trying to explain the leg before, don't get me on start on that as well. So it's when yeah. the ball hits the stump. The ball's going to hit the stumps and it hits the batter on the legs. Yeah. If it pitches outside. Unless if it's pitched outside off stump, then that's fine. Okay. But if it's pitched outside leg stump, well, why does that matter? Because it does. Because it matters if the batter's right or left-handed. <laughs> right? Why? Uh, fuck knows. It, it just does. Yeah. What, what if he's not trying to hit it? Oh, no, then if it hits him outside off stump, that's fine. But what if it hits him outside leg stump on the full? No, that's fine, as long as it's not bound. Jono, have you got 10 beers with you and three bottles of wine then? I'll tell you <laughs> what, I'm just disappointed <laughs> I haven't got four miles, four miles ice creams. I'd have polished them off. I couldn't have done about 15 yeah. boxes in the time. <laughs> I, I have married someone that has no clue about cricket, and every so often I'll try and get on a thing about how the laws work, and she just looks at me like a genuine, I'm speaking Swahili. Mm. Wonderful. Pretty much yeah, how you which, two are looking at me now. Yes. I mean, so much so that we did have something else to cover, but we've run out of time. So next time we will come back and cover off the... We basically, we want, we want to talk about management, captaincy styles, and the success of individuals and teams within different environments. So that comes back to the Stokes and McCullum thing. How would KP maybe have thrived in this environment versus the environment in which he was in, but not only KP, other players, then talk about our own captaincy styles. We've all captain sides and whatever. We've also got to mention the Lord's Taverners. Everything that we do again. with this podcast. Again, we have to mention them again. Mainly because we lost them. So dig every week in this. I wasn't going to mention him. That was the one thing I wasn't going to mention, but now you've mentioned it. Classic. Mentioned who? No, I'm not, t- I'm not saying his name. <laughs> okay. Is he on the level of talking about the same? It's very different, obviously, the reasons why we can't mention his name, but is he the same as the ECB chap and the Australian name in Batman? No, absolutely not. He's absolutely the opposite of that. I couldn't love him anymore, but he has had so much airtime on this. I think people are never going to think he's like a secret host or something. He, he, get, he gets mentioned so often on it. Um, I think usually he's going to take his head off at some point and it actually be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if he loses as much weight as he's open to during our little challenge, he might end up looking like Mark. You never know. So anyway, yes, the Taverners, wonderful charity. Obviously, we support them heavily. Obviously, the Ashes, what are we going to do? All of that, all of those proceeds are going to go towards the Taverners. So yes, do go and find out about, get in touch if you want to know more about them, maybe think about joining, support them, want to do any events or whatever. But obviously, we'll keep you abreast of what's going on with anything that we're attending that you might be able to come to with us throughout the year. Gentlemen, first first one done, 2023. Pleasure to be back with you. Simon, you start thinking about what song you're going to open with next week, please, because we had to prompt you earlier. Um, it was all going so well pre-Christmas, and now... You started to lose your head. Two, two, two Christmas-related songs. Yeah. And a New Year's-related one, yes. Old Lang Syne. 
You're going to have to start thinking about Valentine's ones. Oh, crikey. We're fucking all right. Well, I'll tell you what, I, I, I only what? normally start thinking about that on about the 13th of February anyway. If you could start the Valentine's Day episode by singing My Sharia More by Stevie Wonder in the style of Stevie Wonder, that would be amazing. <laughs> the people listening to this won't have been able to sing Robbo's head swaying a la Stevie Wonder that he was just doing, but that was very small. Anyway, if you enjoy the podcast, please tell people, as many people as you like, please rate us across as many of the podcast platforms. And five stars only, please. We're just like a brilliant Uber driver. Or three brilliant Uber drivers. And uh, yeah, it's great to be back. And we will see you this time next week. Love you, bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.